It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I'm going to pull over and give you my undivided attention as soon as I get to the top of this hill. Consequence Podcast Network. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tullis, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here and checking out the series. I do hope you hit the subscribe button. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones, all the usual spaces. That does include Spotify and Apple Podcast, NPR, WFPK.org, uh, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, recent episodes have included my guests. Uh, Louise Post from Baruch Assault, actor Jason Scott Lee, as we talked about the 30th anniversary of uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. We had uh, Kara Jackson on here, the band Daughter, the cast of Outlander, uh, Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age, Dave Davies of The Kinks, the band Inhaler, Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam, and the cast of Apple TV Plus's City on Fire. Just a few of the recent episodes that you can catch on the Kyle Meredith with podcast. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, I get to catch up with Nick Hexham of the band 311. Now, they're on tour this summer, uh, and we're going to be talking a bit about that, but mostly we're going to be time traveling. It's the 30th anniversary of their debut album, Music, the 20th anniversary of their 2003 album, Evolver, and they're working on a new record. Nick's going to dive into his love of early REM and The Clash. We'll talk about how much confidence he had uh, in his own band during his high school years before anyone else uh, knew about the group. Uh, and the melodic contrast they would uh, go to face during the late 90s, uh, during the more aggressive rock period with bands like Limp Bizkit and Korn. Uh, Nick's going to go on to praise Ben Folds' lyricism, one of our uh, similar love uh, of an artist uh, with Ben Folds. Uh, and we'll also talk about how much the Beatles had an influence on uh, Evolver back in uh, 2003. And then, of course, it's all about the new record. We're going to go for the scoop uh, and hear about how maybe it's going to be a heavier record and why. All of that's and more. We're talking to music. We're talking Evolver. We're talking with Nick Hexham of 311. Hello. It's good to have you back here. And um, not really about anything at the moment, I guess. You got you got a, a few tour dates happening around, some album anniversaries. Maybe the uh, the easy place to start out is, is what what's going on? What's going on in your world right now? Uh, I would say it's like a nice blend of... Um family and work you know i um super engaged with the kids but then there's also some uh, new new 311 music brewing and 
kind of weekend warriors, I call it sort of uh, mostly home um, until late summer. And then we've got more of like a actual tour, but uh, yeah, there's, there's new music brewing and it's, it's very exciting. I love hearing that. I'm probably going to ask him more about that later. And, and as far as the shows go, one of them that is announced, um, well, is actually right here in Louisville. You guys are going to be here in September for the uh, louder than life festival. I was looking at like, it's, it's you all, I think this is a specific day on the same day. It's you and the Foo Fighters and Weezer and Rancid and Coheed and L7 and White Reaper. Kind of strong. We're going to see you guys, but I know lots going on. You know, I mentioned the anniversaries and uh, it was what earlier this year, uh, your debut album music turned 30 years old, which I don't know where the hell that time went. But is is that a part of the year? I mean, is that a part of the celebrations happening this year? Yeah, you know, we uh, were figuring out good things to do to to commemorate um, the albums with, um, you know, cool vinyl reissues and maybe remixes and that kind of thing. But it's just sort of, it's fun to go back and listen to think about, you know, your debut album is kind of a, a greatest hits of your formative years, all your best ideas coming out at once. And that's why a lot of debuts are really strong, but I can hear that um, the excitement in, in, in that album, like you can, I can, it just brings me back to like, wow, we're finally in like a serious LA studio and um, just exploding with energy and, um, and then that's why a lot of bands have a sophomore slump, but I think in, in, uh, on, on grassroots after that, we, we just, we went into some really cool creativity. And then for some reason we decided our producer talked us into recording in our living room of our little rented house, but it, it turned out okay. Uh, and then we went back to like more of a studio approach or a regular studio, um, for for the blue album and then that was our our big breakthrough but yeah that there's just a magic about a debut and so it's it's fun to look back as we celebrate the 30 year of of our first album and we'll be right back right after this shout out to uh, astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples uh I, i live in kentucky in the midwest and allergies Yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice. It affects my mood. It affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, 
runny and itchy nose and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Nick Hexum of 311. As you said, and most bands, they deal with this. If you ask fans, you probably have it for the bands that you like, the artists that you like, where there is something magical about that first record. And, and that's sort of a bittersweet thing. At least you've got something that connects with people, but also... You know, as an artist, you're like, but I've done so much since. But you guys skirted that. I mean, and and what do you attribute? Is it because it didn't, you know, it didn't blow? You guys didn't blow up, blow up until you're like, you know, third album, as we were talking about with Blue. But is that a part of it? I mean, it, because so much of it, so much of it to me is attachment, right? It's how I felt when I heard yeah. that. I mean, you know. I don't. I, I don't know exactly what I'm. But but that that that's part of it. Like when people talk about 311, like I love the first record, but it's probably not my first go-to record. You guys got better and better as you went along. Yeah, I I do think that it. <clears throat> there's something uh, physiologically about the age of the listener where, um, like I I'm friends with the guys from Tur- Turnstile. And they're a little younger, so their big exposure to us was more like the sound system transistor era. So that that to them is like our debut because it was when we pierced their their brains. So um, that that has that sort of debut magic to them. So, um, but I, that's the same reason why, as we were looking at your awesome poster collection, and I was thinking about you know, REM murmur and reckoning. And, and there's just my, the stuff I listened to in high school will always have such a, a, a special place for me. And, and when the clash blew my mind and in, in junior high, like there's music will affect you in a deeper way when you're, when you're at that age. But I also, that doesn't mean that you can't be deeply affected when you get older. Like I am, I'm listening. I'm having a, a a drum and bass revival of like hearing this crazy esoteric electronic music that I'm obsessed with, and I'm I'm getting very into um, new new styles of music right now. So I, it doesn't your brain doesn't have to close, but there is a certain openness, just kind of like you know your first love, your first kiss, your first whatever. It's like there's that's gonna be a special place. Um, so it's fun to hear. Yeah. I, one guy said to me, um, 311 is to me what the clash is to you, Nick. And I was like, Oh, wow. That is like such a special place to have in, in someone's heart. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things you can't, you can't exactly like, how do you feel about that? Like, you know, how the clash makes you feel, but you're so on the inside of your own music. Are you able to understand 
that's the this stuff that you've helped create means that same thing? Well, I sometimes I fantasize about how cool it would be just to like temporarily have my memory erased so I could hear our band for the first time because it has like all these elements that I I mean everything that I like to hear in music I write in in my writing and we put in our band so it'd be like so cool to be able to hear 311 for the for the very first time um but yeah no it's it, it is fun just to to think I, I I like you know when I um meet fans and and they say you know you were our our um you know, we, our first wedding dance song was to you guys. And these, all these different little special things are my, my uh, high school graduation quote was your, was your lyric and stuff. So knowing that we're part of big events in people's lives or people that meet through our fan base, people met through our, my personal discord. I mean, it's just a very, um, a very cool thing to be part of these life events. I, I I thought I was doing that service once of telling uh, a few people about my first, you know, as you're saying, oh, it was our wedding song. Oh, it was, you know, my first kisses. Um, both of them landed weird when I said that. I don't know why that was because because I my my two first kisses both in the same night was at a dance in middle school, and one of them was to Aerosmith's "Crazy," um, written by I can't think of his name right now. I'm I'm blanking on his name. He wrote a lot of the Aerosmith t- tracks back then but um and then it was um uh black hole sun that was my (laughs) and when i told chris that you know back when he was still around it was like ah okay yeah because there is i suppose a darkness about come and like take away everything there's there's a certain nihilism to black hole sun underneath it so i hope it was a good kiss though You, you know what that's the thing though the song didn't even matter it wasn't about the song Right. We were young, we wanted to kiss, and that just happened to be it. But that's what stuck there. That's yeah. <laughs> and we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Nick Hexum of Three Eleven. I, I was going back and reading some of the interviews uh, from around the time that you guys, you know, started with this in, in 1993, and your confidence was so interesting to me and there was a quote and i don't remember what the interview was or who who the person was but but you had said if you're not sure that you have what it takes give up like and that you knew at that point you said you knew in high school that you were going to do it and that you wanted to be successful and you wanted to be famous and and, and all of this stuff like how are you so sure I, I mean is that do you have to pile on the false bravado at some point just to push through uh, or or you're like no it's gonna happen i think it's a bit of like a, a secular faith like it's a it's a faith feeling but not in like a a religious way it's just sort of like just making a a, a decision to to manifest something and and also just reasoning through like why not me you know why not us it, you know is there is there something inherent that that we haven't gotten in, in, that we don't have in our band that we that we should be you know eliminated from this possibility no we're going to we're going to do whatever it takes and that um we are going to be prepared to just put in crazy amount of work and you do 
And it's a very flip answer to say, if anybody can talk you out of it, then give up because you're going to hear no, 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 again and again and again. And there was, um, you know, a lot of uh, sort of, I think there's the fake it till you make it. It's kind of like doing a startup where, you know, to, to get certain label people, music uh, lawyers on the phone or whatever, I basically would just have to BS my way through a conversation and talk about, oh, I was talking to this guy over here, you know, reading in, in Rolling Stone or um, in Spin or Music Connection was the, one of the trade sort of music mags out here in L.A., just throw, drop name dropping people I'd never met, just like totally bullshitting to uh, just to try and, you know, conjure some sort of excitement. And if you say it with enough confidence, they don't question it and <laughs> you just keep moving forward. Seem to have worked. But it seems like also that there was probably stuff stacked against you guys. You'd move to L.A., but you're from the Midwest. It's hard to break out of the Midwest, even in the 90s where everybody got a record deal. You know, maybe that came a, you know, a little bit later than than when you guys picked that up. But uh, but you know, coming from there and 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 the style of music sort of hadn't hit yet. I mean, what you guys were doing, and you know, and, and as I look back, I was thinking about that too. Like, so few bands seemed at home. You know, when you play the decades game, you know, in the '90s and the 2000s, as you all did, you know, it, it became heavier. And and you guys became heavy. Like, what was your view of the scene around that time? Because it felt like it built around you in a little bit of a way. Well, I remember um, A&R people that were literally telling me that they're looking for the next Eddie Vedder. Like, this was, this was grunge um, time, you know, in the early 90s. But we were more interested in this kind of hybrid music that like um, Jane's Addiction, Chili Peppers, Fishbone, Beastie Boys to a certain extent. Um, that was the stuff that really uh, got us excited. And that like the grunge was cool, but it wasn't funky enough. Like we were very into like Public Enemy and... Um, dance hall reggae and cypress hill and stuff like that so um we we there was definitely people that were put off by the the hip-hop element in our in our music um but you know it was a pretty odd way that of all people that it was a southern rock label in capricorn that heard um the hooks and the sort of um musicality of it that 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 believed in us but it would i guess it was kind of unlikely that we would be signed by a, a nashville label that was you know phil walden and the people from capricorn um had cut their teeth on you know almond brothers and dixie dregs and all this southern rock so it was pretty unlikely so i have to you know applaud them that they they believed in us. And then also Eddie offered the producer that did our first couple albums. And he came from a very, um, you know, the, the roots of Prague with yes. And Emerson Lake and Palmer and this very sort of um, unusual, very creative English art rock. Um, so he, he saw something in us. 
but we were kind of out of step with uh with all the grunge that was going on at the time but i knew from you know watching bands like u2 that if you just find your thing and stick to it you just keep doing it and same with rem and you know kurt cobain saw that in rem that, that if you just just keep doing your thing the culture will come around to you and that's what we did and it and it worked out a little later than we thought i mean on on grassroots on our second album we said we're going to put our stuff in storage and stay on tour until our album goes gold well that didn't quite happen but we did tour for like just i mean every night we once played uh 21 shows in a row without a day off just we were just had so much energy and parting our asses off at the same time somehow and playing every night and driving the rv ourselves and everything it was uh it was a crazy time and i'm i'm happy that we survived with of course we did have an rv fire but that's a different story but um you know we we said we we're going to tour tell gold and and that didn't quite happen but it, it did happen later and then it happened fairly suddenly i mean going the viral at the time was basically just all of a sudden coming back to a city and our, the shows were were packed and then after we had built up the fan base on our own a little bit that's when you know mtv gave us a buzz clip and that was kind of like a crowning achievement at the time that meant like this is the band that everybody's talking about and then the shows just got ridiculously large up on the Buzzbin CD and the X Games CD, which I think I still have both of those from around that time. Nice. <laughs> and it, you know, and it's funny too because so you guys start blowing up, and again, alternative as we knew it at the time gets heavier in itself, and that sort of feels like it's a bit more lockstep with what you guys are doing. And then when it's about at its heaviest, you guys drop what the third single from a record, and it's Amber, and it's like the least heavy thing. And it becomes your biggest song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, even a little uh, before that, like um, when, uh, let's see, I guess what was on the radio at the time of, of Nookie, then we did a song, you know, our single was um, flowing off sound system, which was like a bouncy sort of um, British influenced kind of pop song. I mean, it was still a little bit heavy and then, and you know come original and stuff not not a particularly heavy song but yeah uh you know i always just wanted to have be uh, very eclectic and have a very broad range so that's why from you know our first album you had a song like hydroponic which was sort of a um like a black sabbath slow grinding heavy song paired with my stony baby which was like a um a light funk kind of influenced by the meters and stuff too so we just we tried to really push the limits of what you could put together on an album and um and i i think when everything got i i always liked the heaviness but when things got so um I don't know. There was this destructiveness and this anger to it. And I, and so I just really, you know, called them out and made fun of like all the anger that was going on on songs like mix misdirected hostility. Another one, hostile apostle. I was like, you know, 
is this really the, the anger that you're swallowing through this these through these musicians is this really what you want to feed yourself on like is that um i do think that there's a time and place for anger but it just became the default thing and now when you um go back and watch like the uh, woodstock 99 documentary and this all, all this like um white rage and misogyny and you know all this stuff that was going on i was like thank you i was this is what i was saying was not cool at the time and now we can finally look back and be like what were these people so pissed off about you know what i mean this is this was a time of total prosperity the soviet union had fallen and um it was an economic prosperity and yet that at, at the same time there was this feeling of like we're being ripped off and it was it was hard for me to to understand and so I made fun of it, you know what I mean? And it, it, it was a little out of step with the times, but that's okay. Do you, similarly, do you remember uh, the Ben Fold song, Rock in the Suburb? Because he sort of yes. put his sights right there. I was trying to actually remember the line, and of course, any other time I think about that, but some about being male, middle class, and whites, you know, and yeah. just the anger. It's like, yeah, right. That's. <laughs> I actually did it. He is just his he's such clever clever lyrics i did a song of his um i did a cover of his song battle of who could care less oh yeah because that is like the most clever lyrics about like let's have a contest of who can care less you know um and and just being so jaded and only um you know only liking things ironically and to me i was like you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to put myself out there and say what I do like about the world. And yeah, you can say that I'm gushy. You can say that I'm like, oh, embarrassingly sincere, but like, that's to me, that, that is more of a challenge than just to sit back and criticize. Excellent song to cover. Also, I, I just caught a cold from Ben Folds two weeks ago. So uh, it's, uh, okay. You got the cover. I got the cold. That's okay. <laughs> well, tell him I said what up, and I'm a big fan. But I don't. I don't want his cold though. You don't want the cold. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Nick Hexum of Three Eleven. You're, you're talking about those sounds and, and how important it was to you, and and that sort of pulls things into the uh, Evolver record, which it's the 20th anniversary of that one. And listening to sometimes uh, Jack's Rule the Realm. And that's what I was thinking, like, like you all, like in songs like that, I wonder, you all could have been any band at any given time. You had a defined sound. And I don't know if that ever felt, I mean, maybe that's just the natural ingredients that you all come up with. You know, there is the 311 thing that we sort of think of, uh, whatever that is. But, um, but there are those moments, you know, were, were there ever, I mean... I, I'm almost surprised that you guys didn't like do the Green Day thing and and make a, a band with a different name just so you could be something completely different for a second, you know? Yeah, I mean, some you know, I guess um, uh, XTC did that, and they have a different uh, version, you know, in disguise for a little while. But uh, I think yeah, the Evolver stuff came where I was really becoming a student of the Beatles and um analyzing songs like uh happiness is a warm gun and being like wow 
you don't have to repeat. You can just go into a new movement. And even um, so, like, sometimes Jack's rule of the realm, I was like, we're going to start one place and we're never going to go back there. Just go into, there'll be a, I'll, I'll repeat the lyrics. So there's a bit of a lyrical thread, but musically, we're just going to go into a new area, just totally exploring um, new places. And that's something that I think that was the first, um, what we call epics within the band, where we're just going to go into um, new areas and not necessarily go back. And then, you know, uh, we've been, I think we had a bit of a renaissance of that on the last couple albums. Um, songs like uh, um, Wildfire and Too Late and Stainless, where we just keep going into new new movements um, rather than repeating. And some of our fans really like that, and other ones maybe prefer more of a traditional song structure, but whatever, it's all good. I mean, when you got a catalog this big, you can still give something to everybody. You know, it's that's right. That's it. And, and just quickly, while I was you know going back to Evolver, because going back and just listening to that i mean there is there's such great things in there i mean same mistake twice still sounds fantastic seems uncertain it was one of those like wow that's you know you got that line in times of trouble everyone joins a team and you know in the way that songs continue to have their voice to raise their hand that really feels like one of them that you could have written four years ago three whatever you know kind of sitting there yeah. Uh, and, and then I go on to say no one waves a flag for all human beings. So I actually went and found the, um, there's a flag of earth that is like a flag for the, for all earthlings. And it's basically like, it, it it's a, it shows the sun and the earth and the moon. So it's just kind of identifies like, this is, this is our planet, all of ours, instead of like just ours, not including them. And and I love that. So, um, I, I it's uh, you know, of course, people need to um, feel a kinship, but it is possible to feel a kinship with all living things, all humans. And um, I don't know, something that I'm I'm going to hang on to. Yeah, we when you can, what is it? I mean, people talk about that when you can make yourself feel a little bit smaller in the universe. It's sort of when you know a lot of people feel a bit more grounded. The other day, I googled, you know, what's what's in the middle of the Milky Way, which is what our sun revolves around. And when you once you get into that, you're like, I am nothing, nothing at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, it makes your problems seem a little smaller when you realize how small we are. Well, that kind of brings us into the present anyway, uh, you know, and, and 30 years of that record, 30 some odd years of the band. Do you feel like, do you feel like you're still getting firsts at this point? Yeah. Uh, I feel that since we had a bit of a, a break, um, you know, with the pandemic, everything got you know we we did find a way to still be productive and doing the live streams um from our studio live from the hive during the pandemic but now we're really getting everything rolling again and it, it does feel like a, a breath of fresh air um and you know there's still a lot of exciting ideas to to come out and it i think maybe if i had to say where we're going musically a little bit um 
we didn't plan this, but uh, the first two songs that I brought forth for the band to learn and the first two songs that Chad brought forth all were in drop D. So there's like, you know, tune down E string tuned down to D, which is like some heavier riff. So maybe the pendulum has swung um, back to a little, uh, you know, heaviness, but um, it feels exciting. And I'm just, I'm, there's just a lot of gratitude about we we get to still do this. And everybody's getting along really good. We've got a a manager we're working with now. We're really excited about, and it uh, it feels good. It's interesting, especially this early on, because it's usually when you look back, you know what defines that era, musically speaking. And to ask any artist, like, what's what do you think is defining this musical era in the moment? I know that's a little bit more tricky, you know, but um, drop D, you know, the heaviness aside, I mean, and, 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 and I guess this question can be many things, the way Evolver meant the Beatles or something like that, you know, like what's, what's feels like is defining this new era for you all. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I'm kind of, you know, when, when people say like, I can't wait to hear where your next album goes, I'll be like, yeah, me too. I don't really <laughs> know how it's going to end up, but um uh even though those first few songs sounded really heavy then um there are some really uh pretty moments and um like uplifting kind of uh lighter um inspirational kind of um moments as well so um i just want to make sure it's 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 very diverse because i feel any sort of um self-imposed fences or boundaries that you put around yourself and it's usually out of because of expectations of like well i'd like to do this but the fans not might not like that no you gotta you just gotta break through that and just go wherever the, your heart takes you and uh and just see what happens and that's the the fun of the journey i've enjoyed the journey uh i've enjoyed this conversation too and and now I've got I'll be here a while stuck in my head because what an accidental mission statement that's turned out to be. That's true. We, we it, it, it proved to be correct. We will be here a while, and we have been, and we will continue to be. That could have gone wrong, couldn't it? That's, yeah. It could have easily yeah. gone wrong. Any other band who did that? That's the joke. I, I you know the bands who put out greatest hits and they call it Volume One. I thought mm, every time that's not going to work. Yeah, out. you don't get a. Unless you've already got that in the rear view, that's that, that's bad. But uh, yes, worked out for you guys. So congratulations. Good to speak with you, Nick. Great to speak with you too. Uh, thanks for taking the time. And uh, and yeah, we'll I'll see you in September. Louder than life. All right. Say hi there in Louisville. My thanks to uh, Nick Hexum, three eleven on tour this year. New album on the way uh, soon, it sounds like. Uh, dig deeper into this podcast, into my series, and you'll find our 2019 interview uh, with uh, with Nick as well. And uh, and Peanuts also. I think I included an earlier interview with Peanut on there that we had a couple years before that in the Kyle Meredith with podcast. So thanks to Nick. Thanks to you for checking out and hit that subscribe button. Again, you get three new interviews every single week. A new one delivered every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Spotify, Apple Podcast, at NPR wfpk.org youtube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcast from you can subscribe to kyle meredith with then after that head over to wfpk.org that's where i do a show monday through friday starting at 6 p.m eastern 
You're going to hear lots of favorite classic tracks. You're going to hear new songs, album anniversary celebration, lots of music news, and, of course, bonus interviews as well. Uh, one of my recent shows, in fact, uh, I played music from U2, Soul to Soul, Squeeze, Tom Waits, Southern Culture on the Skids, A Tribe Called Quest, Killer Mike, Talking Heads, Tears for Fears, Queens of the Stone Age, Air, Diana Ross, Joni Mitchell, Sade, and an interview with Feist. Uh, that's just a, a recent show and what you can expect, the type you can expect, uh, every weekday at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. And, of course, you can also find me on the social medias, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Let me run home. All right. I'll be back on by within 15 minutes. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.